You're listening to Minor Talk On Demand exclusively on 600 ESPN El Paso. Stay up to date with Minor Talk by downloading the free 600 ESPN El Paso mobile app. UTEP fans, it's time to get ready for Minor Talk with Adrian Brodus and Sal Montez. Minor Talk is presented by the Ostradieta Agency. Seven locations across El Paso, celebrating 24 years of serving the Sun City and Legacy Wellness Center CBD. Call into the show at 880-5763 or tweet the show at 600 ESPN El Paso on Twitter. Now, let's go live to the Lubingo Studios with your host, Adrian Brodes. It's hit to be enemy, eight seconds left. The enemy with six crosses over. The enemy still well out front. Comes left side. He's got a three left at the top of the circle, and he missed it. It's it. Tipped in by Hollins at the buzzer. Tipped in by Hollins at the buzzer. Wow, you heard it there from Voice of the Miners, John Teicher. And with that, we welcome you back to Miner Talk, presented by the Oscar Arieta Agency. He's Sal Montes. I'm Adrian Bratis. Together, we bring you Miner Talk after every UTEP basketball game. Uh, what a night for the Miners. Best game all year for this team. They've now won four straight. They just knocked off Florida Atlantic 70-68. to Florida Atlantic, who was, by the way, the top team in the Conference USA East Division. And now we get to talk about it with you, the listener, at 880-5763. That's our telephone number to get into the show. 600 ESPN El Paso on Twitter. And the Alfred Hollins buzzer beater tip-in. That's what this game will be known as forever. Uh, for the Miners, they get another buzzer beater. It was. It just felt like a couple years ago when they got a cross-court pass uh, to Jordan Lathan, who drilled a, a buzzer beater for the Miners. Now a new chapter in UTEP's history with... With uh, head coach Joe Golding, another buzzer beater to talk about, and it couldn't have come at a better time for this team as they now have four wins in a row. Uh, they are climbing up the standings as well. They're five and three overall in conference play, uh, twelve and eight overall when you're talking about their record. And the Miners, what a nice win for them, getting a, a big win over FAU. See what they could do on Saturday, but for now, this team can relish in this victory. Sule, boom, twenty-eight points in this one to lead the Miners, along with Jamal Biennemi, UTEP's do-it-all point guard who balled out again tonight, 16 points for the Miners, and Titus Verhoeven down low, an efficient 12 points on 6 of 10 scoring. Uh, They got contributions from the likes of Zarek Onyema off the bench, Alfred Hollins, like we mentioned with the tip-in, Christian Agnew, who had a pretty nice game as well. The Miners shot 54% from the floor, and Sal, it was such a great, great win for this team uh, as as we just look at what they did tonight to secure their fourth straight win. Yeah, and you know what? I'm glad you mentioned that uh, that Jordan Lathan buzzer beater against Rice. I mean, they're the Owls. FAU is the Owls. The Miners get a tip in. Uh, you know, a game winner at the buzzer as well with uh, Alfred Holland tonight. But I think this game just really showed um, that the Miners have that grit, you know what I mean, to, to battle it out. I mean, they, they lead for a large portion of the game, I believe almost uh, – 
30 minutes or 29 minutes, 29 minutes and 10 seconds. But either way, though, FAU is still finding a way to get some momentum and still one on the road. But for the Miners to set themselves up uh, for success near the end, I think was huge. I mean, they didn't score, I think, any points in the final two minutes or so aside from the game winner. Uh, but still, that defense was able to hold FAU in check for the most part and still set themselves up for a chance to win the game. And that's what you want, especially when you're going up against division-leading team. Yeah, a floor Atlantic took the lead late in the game. They were up 68, I, I believe it was 68-64. Miners had to climb back into this game. They held the Owls to no field goals for four minutes down the stretch in the game. And then it was tied 68-68. It was a super close game back and forth. And prior to this last possession, I felt like the Miners had some opportunities to make that uh, you know game-leading shot. It, it didn't happen at the buzzer. Those shots didn't fall late in the game. But nonetheless, Jamal Bienemy pulled up for that three-pointer. Alfred Hollins coming in to swoop in for that tip-in. And that's all she wrote. That's what that's what uh, we are talking about for tonight. The Miners securing a 70-68 to win. Oh, man. It, it was just – it was an emotional game because you could feel it from the start, just how much this game really meant to both of these teams. And for Florida Atlantic, they wanted this game real badly. They've got a great team. And if the Miners have to play this team again, it's going to be a dogfight fight because I like Michael Forrest a lot. Uh, you know, you, you look down low with Golden, Vladislav Golden, and what he was able to do, 19 points on 9 of 12 scoring. The 7-foot center uh, simply did whatever he wanted inside the paint against the Miners. And, and I look at that guy. Man, that guy was balling tonight. So this is no slouch of a team. That's that's what I'm trying to emphasize here. This Florida Atlantic team uh, came into this one on a hot streak of their own. They had won three mm-hmm. uh, straight games uh, going into this one and they wanted to get some wins on the road because they had such a great home stretch they beat western kentucky and marshall last week those are quality teams i mean uh they even beat Mar- uh, charlotte as part of yeah. that three game win streak and charlotte pretty much killed utep on their own home floor the- earlier this year so for the miners to get this win a very significant win uh for this team in the right direction for first year head coach joe golding if you'd like to talk about it with us now is the time to do it our telephone number is 880 880- 5763. That's our telephone number to get into the show. A lot of heroes from tonight. We'll get to our <laughs> awards later on as well with our hot hand of the game brought to you by Wind Supply El Paso. Also our Keats, uh, our Keats Southwest player of the game. And that'll come up later tonight as we get to awards later on on the show. But Sal, yeah. just a real fun game all around. It You could feel the college yeah. basketball atmosphere. It was an emotional game on both ends and both mm-hmm. teams wanted this one really bad. Yeah, definitely. And, and I'm going to get back to the UTEP game in just a bit, but I kind of want to say that this was pretty much the, the vibe all around Conference USA. I mean, uh, the women nice, yeah. women dropped one on the road in Boca. I believe it was 54-52. I wonder if that's me. Let's see. There we go. Yeah, I have ESPN open and the ad is playing. But aside from that, though, I mean, the women's game was really close. And we look back over here on the men's scoreboard, 81-79 middle over Marshall. You have a a close uh, UTSA win over FIU, 73-66. North Texas pulling away late in Hattiesburg, 63-54. And right after the Miners and uh, and Owls wrap it up, how about UAB getting a three-pointer from Jordan Walker with five seconds left, 68-65. So I think this was pretty much the sentiment 
in all-around Conference USA. But uh, either way, though, for the Miners to pull out one on the road in Norfolk a couple weeks ago and then really, uh, you know, squeeze one out here at home against uh, another uh, team from the East Division. I-, I think this team is starting to get that that form, you know, hit that stride. But either way, though, Adrian, this FAU team, just kind of looking at the numbers for them, that's a team who does it by committee. I mean, there's nobody really who stands out when it comes to rebounding, and rebounding is their thing. I'm going to reel these numbers off to you, okay? Elijah Martin, their leading rebounder with 5.4 per game. You look at Golden with 5.3 per game, Winchester with 4, Davis at 3.9, Baruti at 3.5. So everybody's pitching in on the boards tonight. And when you look at the stats for FAU, when it comes to the boards, I want to say about four different players had uh, four rebounds or more. Uh, Or matter of fact, uh, yeah, four different players had four rebounds or more. And I think that really just speaks volumes when you look at their 34 total rebounds. And they dominated the rebounding margin, Sal. Yeah, 34 to 19 against the Miners. At one point, it was really bad. I think it was like 20 to 8. So, I I mean, early into this game, the Miners were getting dominated off the glass. They they got the rebounds when it mattered down the stretch. So, uh, especially defensively, the Miners uh, got those defensive rebounds. They were able to box out and not allow uh, Florida Atlantic to get those second chance points. So, uh, that's a big credit to this UTEP team and how they were able to fight down the stretch. Let's go to the phones right now. Let's uh, welcome on. Javier, who's joining us first. Our telephone number, 880-5763. That's our telephone to call in. 600 ESPN El Paso on Twitter. Javier, good evening. What would you think of this one? Hey, Javier. i tell you what. I really enjoyed this game. But my question is this. Number one, one of the things that I really enjoyed is the best of the best. That's John Tyson. Oh, that yeah. guy has been the best. I, I'm 63 years old. And I follow him for years and years. And you know what, John? If there's no UTEP, there's no John Tyshirt. That's for sure. I'm with you completely. What a call at the end of the game. Uh, I, I'm sure it was just an emotional call just left and right. It was a back-and-forth game. John oh, yeah. Teicher knew how much, Voice of the Miners knew how much this game meant, uh, and, and all the credit to he, him and Steve Yellen. I thought they did a wonderful job tonight uh, of really uh, of really painting a great picture of tonight's game. So I'm, I'm glad you brought that up, Javier. And, you know, one of the things, and the second thing is that this coach, this coach, um, they don't know nothing about him, and yet, you know what? He's legit. To me, he is legit, and I don't know, but what I do know is that this guy is so fit, mutual for UTEP, for the fans, for El Paso. Somewhere, somehow, this guy is going to bring us not to the level of the greatest of uh, Dan Haskins. Nobody is going to replace him. But this guy, for some reason, he sounds legit. He sounds fit. And he's a good guy. I, I, for some reason, for me, and John Teicher, this guy, I, I don't know, for some reason, he's going to get us above, and he's going to make us history. I don't know. But I like it. Javier, so you're buying all the Joe Golding stock. You're really a big fan of, of the head coach. Well, I do because, you know what? This guy is sincere. Look look at his history. He is so – he is not a player. He is a person person to be able to be able to acknowledge the play of what Dan Haskins did. And hopefully he'll do – at least 10% of what Don did. And to me, that's okay. Okay. All right. 
Great job, Javier. Appreciate the phone call. Thanks for weighing in on the show. Our telephone number, 880-5763. That's our telephone number to get into the show. Some big picture items right there from Javier. Talking about uh, Voice of the Miners, John Teicher, and the broadcast yeah. today. Uh, big credit to him and uh, Steve Yellen for all the action that they called. It was a lot of fun. And uh, just to hear their their perspective of it, especially that buzzer beater that's, cir- that's circling uh, social media right now, making mm-hmm. the waves, uh, brings up another point. He sold on Joe Golding. I think... Uh, Sal, after yeah. year one, I think the fan uh, majority is mm. in favor of Joe Golding. They like his passion. They like how hard his team plays. They like the fact that this team defends at a very high level, and they emphasize it when they're not, um, you know, producing um, at a, at a high level defensively. Then he holds them accountable mm-hmm. to that. He holds his players accountable, and I, I think fans appreciate that. And I also think that fans love the fact that mm-hmm. he gets so emotional in these big games, and then uh, you just look at the end of that. One, he embraced all his players. He was so yeah. excited for Alfred Hollins for getting that buzzer beater win. That is what the fans are, are just so happy with uh, with head coach Joe Golding. I think that that energy that he has is uh, contagious for a lot of people. You know, I, and the reason I say for a lot and not for all is because I still think some people are trying to define a reason to buy in. Well, tonight was a really really good one to buy oh, yeah. in to Coach Golding. But I think when it comes to to Golding. Uh, really what you see is what you get. You know, you, you, you get the kind of person that he is uh, when you first meet him, when you first hear him on TV, whatever the case is. You know, that uh, that character never really changes. It's always going to be there. And you can just tell that intensity, that passion that he has. His, and he uh, he shares it with his players and he wants them to succeed. And I think tonight, finally, you know, they, they, they got to taste, uh, you know, some of that hard work tonight. Oh, they definitely did. And this team, you know, just thinking back a month ago, this is the same team as the, that has faced so much adversity that we've covered here on this show all season long. I mean, between the COVID-19, uh, you know, virus that's uh, taking players out left and right due to, you know, injuries that have hurt this team, like Keontae Kennedy, who's still out, been out all of Conference USA play so far, all of these eight games uh, he has missed. And that was UTEP's second le- uh, scoring leader at the time uh, and they've also even you know been hit by other things like the stomach bug that really hurt them as well uh, during that you know Sun Bowl invitational stretch but the, uh, nonetheless the Miners were able to battle past adversity kind of get over that hump that they had early January kind of end of December of the black dark cloud that was just hanging over them maybe they can now string off some wins after this weekend uh, let's see what they could do against Florida International first yeah. off and then they play five of their next seven games on the road. I, I feel like even against some of those tough teams, Sal, I'm going to reel off some games for you. And uh, Joe Golding loves when I look ahead. He was telling me uh, this week at practice, he was like, hey, I, I love when you guys look ahead. And he was being sarcastic, like, hey, don't look too far ahead. <laughs> but jo- uh, North Texas on the road, Rice on the road, Sal, yeah. La Tech, Southern Miss, Middle Tennessee. That's five tough games that you're talking about that you're playing on the road um, You know, in this next February stretch. The month of February is going to be very tough but the fact that the miners got over january in a on a positive note if they're able to close out this weekend against florida international i like their chances in in february i'm not saying they're gonna reel off all these games but maybe they can get some of these wins yeah i i I like the 
the momentum that they have right now, you know, that's certainly promising. But, I mean, hey, congratulations. After Florida Atlantic, you're taking on an FIU team that had, I believe, an eight-game win streak uh, to start off the year. And, and their first loss, if I'm not mistaken, was against Georgia, who they held to 58 points. So, oh, yeah. So, I mean, that shows the defensive prowess that they have. But right after that, you open up against North Texas on the road and against Rice. And then right Tough after, games. And, and then uh, what is your reward after Rice and North Texas? How about Marshall and Louisiana Tech? You know, and then, you know, a couple games after that, you visit Hattiesburg, you take on Middle Tennessee. That is still to be determined, of course, the game time. But right after that, congratulations for your Southern Miss and Middle Tennessee quote-unquote break. You'll get UAB, Rice, and North Texas back-to-back to start off March. So uh, that that's going to be tough. We're starting off with Rice, but, I mean, you end February with UAB, start off uh, March with Rice and North Texas. So, I mean, this is – if we're going to say if anything's easy, which we know it's not, um, we could basically say this four-game stretch would be, I guess, quote-unquote, the easiest. However, when I say easy, we look at a tough one that the Miners had against UTSA back-to-back nights, and then, you know, they had to get a game-winner tonight against FAU. So the easiest part is uh, has been no more than a, a five-point game. Man, Sal. Well, well, I'll, I'll also uh, sh- share one more thing. Just kind of yeah. looking at Conference USA right now. UAB, La Tech, and North Texas. Those are the three teams you might consider in the Tier 1 of Conference mm-hmm. USA. They're all 7-1 and one in conference play. All three of those teams have 14 or more wins, and each of them only have four losses. After that, it's kind of a Tier 2 that drops, but it, it actually is a really deep Tier 2. It goes like this. Middle Tennessee at 4 and two Charlotte at four and two Florida Atlantic at four and three you also have North uh, excuse me UTEP at five and three and Rice at four and four those all though those teams you can all group together as kind of that tier two list and the fact that the miners are playing their way into that tier two area I mean that's pretty impressive right there let's see if they can can uh, sustain that and hang on in that area but that kind of is where UTEP fans hoped that this team would finish off maybe above the middle of the pack. And Sal, if they can round out to fifth best in conference, maybe even the sixth team in in this league, I think that's a real uh, impressive thing for year one of Joe Golding. Yeah, uh, I mean, that is. But I I also think uh, more importantly than that would be how are they playing, you know, around the time that a regular season conference play is ending. I mean, I I would rather. That's right. I would rather have UTEP, uh, you know, playing well, um, you know, playing their best basketball. Let's say they wind up as a seven or an eight seed then you know maybe limping in after getting on a really really hot streak a big hot streak rather and then you know kind of tumbling towards the end and they find themselves at maybe four or five so I think it's all about how they're playing at that moment but nonetheless though making the conference USA tournament should be the goal I, it, that should be the standard uh, we, we've seen them uh, you know have trouble with that in previous years but if they can stay away from that from that danger area uh, I think that's a step up in its own so uh real quick Sal because yeah. I want to I, I want to um, talk a little and expand a little bit on what you were saying right yeah. there I think it's so important for this team to understand hey they can really hang with a lot of these uh, these teams out there uh-huh. they, they've shown that they can compete against some of the best. They, they can. Um, 
it's just a matter of will they let the game get away from them when the other team starts getting momentum. I mean, we've True. seen we've seen Old Dominion go on stretches where you know they they were able to kind of stretch the game out, but the Miners clawed their way back in today against the division leader in FAU. I want to say they went on maybe like a nine zero run, and uh, Sule Boom was able to put a stop to that, and that's how they were kind of able to to claw their way back in as well. If they're if they are able to still make that other team play some ugly basketball and UTEP being able to make some shots on the offensive end because that's where it's really going to come down uh, to the success factor for this team. I think they'll give themselves a chance, but either way, though, it is a nice win against Florida Atlantic, and you got to take it one game at a time. But next time they play La Tech, how are they going to respond? You know, when they play That's true. North Texas, how are they going to respond? They still have yet to play Rice as well, who I think, uh, you know, ha- has a really special team too. So uh, a lot still needs to be proven. But either way, though, they're they're answering the door uh, within this these last four games. Yeah, they've really they've a- answered it in a big way, Sal. And uh, four straight wins is, is a step in the right direction it, for this group it's as been well. A, it's been a while since we said that about this team. Yeah. Well, it's the first time we've said that about this team this <laughs> yeah. year. They, they haven't this gone year on it. Sure, yeah. yeah, they haven't gone on a streak this uh, like a four uh, game four game win streak. So let's see if they can keep it up on Saturday. Hey, let's head to our hotline right now. Our telephone number, if you'd like to call in, is eight eight zero five seven six three. We're presented by the Oscar Arietta Agency. But first, let's go to our hotline and welcome on Joe Rod. J Rod in the nine one five on Twitter. You can check out his soccer work up on our website six hundred espnelpaso.com and he joins us after every UTEP basketball game to break down the post-game conversation uh, with UTEP head coach Joe Golding. I know Alfred Hollins was there, the star of the night, with his buzzer beater tip-in, along with the other co-star of the night, Sule Boom, 28 points in this one. Joe, thanks so much for giving us a call. Uh, Give me the breakdown on Joe Golding. How excited was he after this victory? You know, I'm glad that you're asking me, Adrian, about... uh... Uh, what Joe Golding said, because honestly, with Alfred Hollins and Sule Boom, it was a rather rambunctious interview. You know, they were very, very elated with the way things went down, as they should be. And, and good for them, you know, at the end of the day, you know, they're college players and therefore they're kids. And it was good to see them celebrate the way they did uh, the win. The one thing, real quick, Adrian, that I will add that Sule Boom uh, added was... Um, I asked him that today the team, and you and I mentioned it, I mentioned it to you over the course of the game, uh, sitting where we sit from our vantage point, that this team just kind of looked full of confidence and very, very relaxed. And I asked Lule about that, and he said that, you know, he, he agreed with me, and he said, but, you know, he quickly pointed out that, you know, thanks to the hard work that Coach Joe Golding uh, makes them go through day in and day out, he thinks that that's what's helped them bring about that confidence. So I thought that was a very interesting point for Sule Boom. As far as uh, Coach Golding, I mean, you know, he, he he talked that, obviously, he said it was a, a great game. And and one of the things, Adrian, that I found interesting about tonight's press conference with uh, head coach Joe Golding is he talked about how they they started to focus and they executed on the little things tonight. If you're focusing on the little things, Adrian, that means that your team is starting to fire on all the cylinders and, and the basic general principles that you want to instill in them are, are, are being done. So now if you, if you can focus on the little things, that, that, that means that your team is definitely trending in the right direction. So I found that interesting tonight. 
Yeah, and it was just the 50-50 balls. They were losing some of those when FAU was coming back in the game in the second half. It was the rebound margin that they were kind of lacking on. But other than that, I mean, the Miners played a pretty crisp game. They shot 54% from the floor, almost 50% from beyond the arc. They they shot 47% when it was all said and done. Uh, so I'm happy you brought that up. And I, I really did think that the Miners played a complete game overall. Now, Joe, I, I want to ask you this. What what were your thoughts on just Sule Boom in the postgame press? conference because let's be real here it's been an up and down stretch for Sule Boom some nights uh, he's known as being an inefficient player he's not uh, hitting the shots uh, like he could at a at an efficient clip and maybe he's a high volume shooter but not necessarily a high volume scorer get in some given nights but tonight he was efficient 28 points on 10 of 18 scoring and for Sule Boom he doesn't really let every anything kind of overwhelm him and, and get him in a slump but I, I would say that it's been a frustrating stretch for him. It just seemed like he had a lot of passion and, and excitement about him going into this post-game press conference uh, after this game. And I think that's good for Sule. Maybe he can get a little bit more of his swagger and this motivates him to you know get on a more efficient streak here. I, I agree with all of those points that you, just, that, that, that you just talked about, Adrian. But one of the things that I found interesting, being one of the more experienced uh, team members, uh, players on this team, uh, with with, with a lot of UTEP games, and even he said it today. He goes, you know, when asked if, if this was one of the most exciting games he's ever been a part of, especially the way it finished, he goes, I don't know. I've, I've played a lot of UTEP games, but it's, it's definitely got to be right up there. And being that experienced player on this team, I love the fact that he said, you know what, tonight we're going to celebrate. But then uh, Florida International comes in here on Saturday night, so we gotta we got to turn the page quickly on this and focus on them come Saturday night to keep this thing going. So that, that was very comforting and very reassuring to hear from one of the most experienced uh, players on this team. All right. Hey, Joe, appreciate the phone call, real man. Quick, real, real quick, Adrian, one of the things that I do, I did want to want to point out today that, that Coach Golding said, um, I asked him if this was the most thorough performance to date, the biggest one to date, and he said, oh, well, it, it goes right up there. You know, that win against Pacific, playing and beating New Mexico in the pit, was also up there, but as far as it being a thorough performance, he said it would have been one of the most thorough performances if it wasn't for the fact that they got, and I quote, they got the butts whipped a little bit on the rebounds. 34 rebounds for Florida Atlantic tonight compared to only 9 rebounds for UTEP. He said that that was going to, coming into tonight, he felt that that was going to be key to tonight's game and a, a key element for the winning team. FAU gets 34 rebounds, UTEP only gets 19, and he even said it himself. It was ironic that they came out with the win despite that being the statistic in that column. Yeah, and they got it on a second chance point, and nonetheless on a on a buzzer beater. So and they're all, and 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 credit to Brett Bloomquist, only their third offensive rebound on the night. Oh when no. It that is oh, so go. funny. Hey, good stuff, Joe. Appreciate the phone call, man. Really appreciate you breaking down the post game with us. You take care. You guys have a good night. You guys keep up the good work. All right. Appreciate it. You too, Joe. That's Joe Rod. You can check him out on Twitter at JRod in the 915. Let's go to Twitter. Speaking of, a lot of tweets to get to. We're at 600 ESPN El Paso on Twitter. Uh, you could also call us 880-5763 if you'd like to follow that phone call up. We'd love to hear from you after this one. This one coming in from Pinky to start things off. Can't get any better tonight. Miners win. King Eric tweets the show. Redemption for that BS call last year in the 
conference tournament. Also oh, check. Yeah. Hey, that's, that's right. a good point. Yeah, let's let's Bryson, stop yeah. there because uh, everybody thought that Bryson Williams was in bounds. They called him out of bounds. It was a ref who was clearly right there. Uh, yeah, it was a momentum swinging call in that game that uh, forced the Miners out in the first round. I, I just still I hold this team more accountable to actually win. Win those those uh those those games that you're in the, you know they, they yeah. have in their hands like this one the miners led like you were saying earlier Sal uh, for over 29 minutes in this game win the game uh, if that's yeah. the case if you're if you're uh, leading by that much throughout this contest and you're and you're really helping this team out close it out win this game and and that's what this miners team did I didn't feel like they had that last year and I, I I'll. Uh, stay adamant on that. I really don't think they did, but uh, it, it's interesting that King Eric brings that up. I know that Sule Boom also talked about this in his post-game press conference, how important this game was to them, and uh, it, I'm not saying it's a rivalry by any means. I just, I, I'm going to say that there were a lot of familiar faces on both sides, and these guys didn't like each other. Jamal Biennemi played a, an emotional game. I, I thought he was, uh, you know, again, fabulous in what he was doing. I think some of those shots that he tried to take were like he checks shots uh so you can question some of those but I'll take it I mean if if it's uh Jamal Biennemi scoring 16 points on 7 of 16 attempts yeah that that's pretty solid right there Sal give me your thoughts yeah. on that conference tournament because that, uh-huh. that game was a was a back and forth game that was just a roller coaster and the Miners get a little bit of redemption tonight yeah they do it definitely feels good especially when uh when it's a close game and you're able to to reel it out and you know kind of you know, snatch the hearts out of the opponent. Uh, something that uh, FAU was hoping to build build up on because I think they were also entering this game on a three game win streak as well. You know, both of these teams right. kind of identical. And what do you know? It it comes down to the final uh, you know final possession. But as far as that that tournament game goes, I think you know the Miners had put themselves in a lot of uh, positions that could hurt them. And ultimately, when when that margin for error became a lot slimmer, uh, they were making some of those errors, which is unfortunate. Because, wow. I, I mean, the effort's there, but it's just a matter of how easy can you make the game for yourself. And we saw that um, last year. That wasn't really the case. They had to claw out of a lot of, or they had to dig themselves out of a or climb out of a lot of the holes that they dug themselves in. Whew, that took 10 years to say. But but either way, though, I, I think with this team, as long as they focus on the little things and do those things right, if they're not able to win the battle on the boards, win, win the 50-50 plays, you know, or beat the man to the, to the cup, you know, different things or, you know, disrupt the passing lane whatever it is how can you affect the game to where although the other team is beating you in one portion how can you beat them in another and I think we're starting to see that really really shine and uh, really quickly Adrian because I know we had a caller uh, kind of wanted to to ask these questions off air uh, we could either touch, good. Uh, touch on this now or later let's but do it we had a Chris from the Upper Valley had a couple things wanted to know uh, the timeline for a Kennedy return okay good and uh, then, let's stop there okay, Let, yeah. and then uh, we'll get to his next question yeah. timeline for Kennedy great question right there a lot of people are asking a lot of people were actually uh, you know pretty aggressive in asking me like hey you know you need to ask this in a, in a big way i'm like dude chill chill out Let, let's <laughs> let's wait on this well um voice of the miners john teicher actually uh he he did the service by asking this question before yeah. the week even got going and he asked joe golding at his weekly radio show uh what is the timeline for Keontae kennedy this is the answer that joe golding said i'm going to just give it to you uh from his quote we're probably still off i don't want to put a time he went to a doctor last week meaning Keontae. I think we're about two weeks away from getting the boot off. 
Then we'll do some rehab. I think best case scenario is middle to the end of February. That is coming from head coach Joe Golding from earlier this week in his a weekly radio show. And what I dig from that is there's a best case scenario, but on the other side, there's a worst case scenario. And the worst case scenario is out for the year and, and you know shut down for the season. This is a, a foot injury, an ankle injury, whatever it may be. And uh, this has been hurting him since the Bradley game. I, I mean, he suffered that injury in the final minutes of the Bradley loss. And uh, Keontae Kennedy has not played a second for the Miners ever since. He's seen on the, on the uh, bench uh, wearing a walking boot. He has that... Uh, scooter that he uses as well to get around the court and uh, for Keontae Kennedy you feel for him because he's the best defender on this team I've maintained that since uh, we, we really saw him blossom with this group he was the second leading scorer and before he went out he was probably UTEP's most valuable player all around and uh, Jamal Bienemy has taken that role and embraced it he's ha- he's been mm-hmm. on a tear in conference play Sule Boom although it's been a roller coaster start to conference play for him he's battled through a lot of adversity he had injuries to start the year dealt with COVID dealt with the stomach bug dealt with injuries and now uh, he's starting to find his stride after back-to-back solid performances for boom Uh, and so yeah that's that's where this team is at right now they're still trying to hopefully get Keontae Kennedy maybe like uh, Joe Golding said best case scenario mid to late February but um, you know you have to look on the other end of that coin as well and if he's not able to come back, shut down for the season, that would be super unfortunate. So let's just talk yeah. about that for a second. It, it would. Um, and also at this point, it's just a bunch of hypotheticals. We we don't really know for sure. No, um, because he's going to see a doctor next week. Yeah, exactly. But we, we do uh, for sure want him to get back healthy, whether it be this year or next season. Whatever the case is, I think his health is the, the number one important factor in this. Uh, but let's just say there is a couple games left and the team is rolling. And, uh, you know, he's been looking good in practice and, and seems to be in, you know, basketball shape, that basketball form. Right. Uh, you know, I think uh, I think the staff will, will make the best decision possible, but also ultimately leave it up to Keontae Kennedy. I mean, I, I have no idea. Okay. What was the second question that he yeah. had? And I'm pretty sure you've been getting this a lot, but uh, – when is Shea Evans going to play for the Miners? A great question as well. No, no, no both great questions. Yeah. I wrote about this. I, bo- I wrote about both these points uh, in my column earlier this week. Uh, for Shea Evans, this is interesting because after this weekend's uh, two games, there will only be nine games left in the season for the Miners. Uh, when you put in the conference tournament, that's ten games technically at least. Maybe the Miners get more if they win. But as the season winds down, we're just wondering what's the likelihood of San Diego State transfer Shea Evans joining this team as a mid-year transfer I would say as the games go by this seems more less I mean less likely as the time winds down for this season we might not see San Diego State transfer Shea Evans join this year as a mid-year guy they might just say hey Let's not uh, waste his eligibility for the rest of the season. Let's save him for next year. He, he yeah. could be a freshman, four years of eligibility. So that's the case for there. But then I've heard on the other end uh, from his side, from Shea Evans' side, I've heard that he wants to play like now. Like he's he's really wants to play. He really wants to do everything he can. And all of this is out of UTEP's hands, his hands, San Diego State's hands. 
it's in the NCAA's hands right now as they appealed his one-time transfer so he could be immediately eligible to play with the minors this semester. So my, my question is, well, what's the cutoff line? Is it seven yeah. games? Is it five games? Do they allow him to play uh, if he's eligible to return for the net? So not next week, but the following week? Would that be the case? And if he is eligible to play, is it worth it? it would he crack yeah. the Would he crack the rotation? Would he come off the bench? And if he comes off the bench, who's he coming off for? Is he yeah. uh, relieving Jarrell Satterfield? Is he relieving somebody like Christian Agnew and trying to split minutes with those guards? Would UTEP uh, Would UTEP go small and maybe go with a four guard lineup and have just one big down low to to uh, satisfy having you know Shea Evans down low? I'm not sure what that answer is, but I do know that I've seen Shea at practice and uh, he's knocking down threes. He's not as uh, physical yet, but he's only a freshman. And um, also, he, he just needs to get up to speed defensively. I think that's his biggest knock yet, uh, already. But I think it for any player, takes a lot of time to get used to this kind of defense, just the style they play, uh, very press man. But I don't know, Sal, what, what do you think? So yeah. l- what if it's like seven games, nine games? Is it worth it? I think if it's seven or nine, then yes. Uh, but the closer, you do. It, uh, if the closer it gets to around uh, you know three or four, you know, we'll pretty much just cash it in and, and wait until next year. I don't think it would be worth it. I, I mean, it's even tough to argue. I mean, you could even make the argument against me that seven and nine may not even be worth it. You know, I'd probably lean 60, 40 in my favor. <laughs> but, uh, the, sure. you know, as the games wind down and you start to get to that maybe, uh, you know, th- Let's say five or less. I would say if it's around five or less, it might not even be worth it, in my opinion. Well, the other thing is, where does he go in the rotation? Like, and that's another how many thing minutes gotta... can he actually get? Exactly. And then also, how many games does it take to really get acclimated to the system? Yeah. You, yeah, you know? it's tough. It, it's so an interesting. Many variables, yeah. Yeah, I think I can see the debate either way for both sides. I can see why they want him to play right away. Hey, he's he's not getting any younger. That's the argument in that sense. Exactly. And he, he's, uh, he didn't really play this year at all for San Diego. State, so he's got to get some game action. That's the argument for him to get to get some uh, in-game action this year. But uh, the argument against is, hey, comes back next fall. He's four years. He has four years of eligibility to grow with this program. So I see both sides, but I think it's a really interesting question, and I'm happy uh, we got that. If you'd like to give us a call, our telephone number is 880-5763. That's our telephone number. We want to talk more about this one. This was such an exciting back-and-forth game between the Miners and the Owls. UTEP pulls it off with a 70-68 to win off an alpha. Alfred Hollins tip in on the buzzer beater. If you'd like to talk about it, give us a call right now, and uh, we'll discuss here on Minor Talk. Let's take our first time out of the program. When we come back, we'll get to more phone calls, more tweets, a lot of tweets to get to as we continue here on Minor Talk, presented by the Oscar Arieta Agency, right here on 600 ESPN El Paso. Hi, I'm Matt Keats, president of Keats Southwest. Since 1994, we have manufactured hundreds of metal components that people use in their everyday lives. A garage door opener is something commonly found in homes and cars all across the country. In fact, we produce 10 to 15 million garage door visor clips for your remote controls. In addition, we deliver the best precision metal components for businesses throughout the world, all made here in El Paso. Learn more about Keats Southwest at KeatsSW.com. 
Words like history and tradition are used to describe the UTEP basketball team. With roots in El Paso, the Oscar Addy at the Agency is built on these principles too. At the Oscar Addy at the Agency, we are proud El Pasoans. With a trusted history for over 24 years in our community, trust us for your home, auto, or life insurance needs. Request a free proposal today at OscarAddyAtTheAgency.com. Seven locations across El Paso from the west side to Fabens. The official insurance agent of the UTEP Miners. Go Miners! Wind Supply El Paso is proud to team up with Champion Heating and Cooling to deliver the most unrivaled reliability, energy efficiency, and superior comfort you can count on. Wind Supply El Paso is the official distributor of Champion Heating and Cooling equipment for your home or business. If you own a home building or HVAC company, you need a reliable AC and furnace supply store. For more information on Champion equipment and an authorized dealer, contact us at 915-859-3817 and online at WindSupply El Paso.com. Howdy, Lauren Hodges of Longhorn Distributing, proud supporters of UTEP basketball and Coach Joe Golding. Coach Golding has made some changes, and so has Longhorn Distributing. We've added ceramic coatings to our store. We've expanded our service department to give faster and more efficient service on pressure washers and cleaning equipment. Longhorn Distributing is the only distributor for hot sea pressure washers in West Texas and Southern New Mexico. We're located at 5516 East Paisano, so call us for a demonstration at 772-9092. When winter weather impacts us here in the borderland, it can bring things to a halt in a big hurry. And that's why the ABC7 Storm Track Weather Team has the most up-to-date technology and the most experience. We use street-level tracking to let you know exactly what's going on in your neighborhood. And our future track model to show you when, where, and how much wind, rain, or snow we expect. With Traffic Track, we can tell you where that problem is and how to avoid it. The ABC7 Storm Track Weather Team. With the tools and experience to keep your family safe. Download the 600 ESPN El Paso mobile app now. Get all the latest in UTEP sports, UTEP athletic interviews, ESPN programming, and more. Touchdown! It's free thanks to United Bank. Welcome back to Minor Talk. He's Sal Montes. I'm Adrian Bradis. UTEP wins on a buzzer beater, 70-68 to 68 against Florida Atlantic. If you'd like to talk about it with us, our telephone number is 880-5763 to get into the program. We're presented by the Oscar Addy at the agency. They bring uh, the UTEP basketball team the Hometown Hero Award every UTEP game. And today they honored Tony Martinez, who's the head football coach out of Jefferson High School. Uh, Tony Martinez, by the way, great choice for a hometown hero right there. And with the Silver Foxes were able to do this year by getting into the playoffs. I thought it was very fitting. He was also named District 25A Division II Coach of the Year, and uh, that's the Oscar Addy at the Agency celebrating the hometown hero in Tony Martinez. Remember, with the Oscar Addy at the Agency, you could uh, check them out for home, auto, life, or business insurance, and check them out online, Oscar Addy at the Agency. Com. Back to Twitter. We'll go to Ed after that. Uh, first, a quick tweet from uh, Jonathan Byers. To think this UTEP team is doing this without Keontae Kennedy? Imagine what they'll do when he gets back. This coming in from Texas Western UTEP at Leo underscore minor fan. We need more of the Titus going forward. Hashtag aggressive. Hashtag offense. I liked it when Titus and Z were both in. 
could be something to watch moving forward as well. And to echo Coach Boykin's sentiment tonight, this was college basketball. Those coming in from Leo underscore minor fan. Sal, any thoughts on yeah. that one right there? Did yeah. you like the combo of Titus and, and Zarek Onyema? I, I like it um, because we've been saying that we want to see this team get a lot bigger. Uh, but the only thing I don't like is that, at, you know, when you look at the final numbers, um, first of all, the most important number is the score. We understand that. But when you get out rebounded by 15 you know, to the to the opposition, you don't even get 20. You're one shy of that. And the other team has 34, even though they are one of the more aggressive team on the boards and, you know, tr- steady, stay around the rim to try and get those offensive rebounds. Uh, you, you definitely got to have uh, your big man with more than five rebounds as well. And when we talk about a Zurich and Yema, uh, only only nine minutes tonight, but only one rebound for him as well. I want to see these guys get a lot bigger when it comes to being around the rim. But also too, Adrian, we're saying this while they're best rebounder is not a hasn't been around you know for for nearly a month so true i mean it's it's just a matter of um figuring out how you can be bigger around the boards 8805763 that's our telephone number to get into the program 600 espn el paso on twitter let's go to ed who's joining us on the phone ed what's going on how's it going pretty good how about you guys doing fine ed doing fine what'd you think of this one were you there no, I wasn't there, but I heard it on the radio, so I was excited. I got a little tied up, so I, it, you all know, good. it hurts. Me. It hurts me not to go. No, all good. No worries, Ed. So, what do you think of this one? Hearing it on the radio, amazing. You know, the, you can't beat Teich. Well, actually, you can't beat his. You can't beat the other guy either. He's yeah, amazing. yeah. Both Teich and Yellen yeah, are amazing. Yeah, yeah and Yellen we're big fans. Says, he says hilarious little things, and they crack you up. And I did. You just can't beat it. It's 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 in, it's priceless. You know what I mean? Oh, I'm with you. That the last call said it all. I mean, it really did. It was just it. it it's just the it embodied what they do and uh, their passion for uh, calling UTEP basketball. And uh, Sal, let's play the clip. I, I we we got to play it back. We, yeah, we definitely have to. Here we go. At the buzzer! <laughs> At the buzzer! The officials have signaled oh it's good. God. They have gone to the monitor. Can't take away that one. Here it is on the replay. They've gone to the television monitor. Let's That's look at awesome. the other end. That's awesome stuff, Sal. <laughs> We're waiting for the... I think Collins got a hand on it. It is good. The Miners have won the game. That's great stuff there. I love it, man. And the best part is uh, I like how uh, how we said Yellen always throws in, you know, those little tidbits uh, when it comes to um, when, when it comes to let's see here with uh, Sibley, he'll, he'll shout out Georgetown, you know, just a bunch of little things that that he digs in. And it's it's awesome. Or uh, on the glass, you know, you you name it, he says it. But the best part is you can tell that these guys are heavily heavily invested into the action that's going on. I think that's why they do such a great job of describing the game to the listeners. I'm with you on that, Sal. Ed, uh, what did you think of the win? Any other thoughts on this game? Well, you know, what I was going to tell you is I know you guys got, I felt like you guys got a little bit off on a tangent. And it's a good tangent because, you know, you're talking about Keontae and you're talking about this uh, transfer from San Diego. But what I was going to say was I really feel like when Keontae went down, I feel like like the chemistry and, and, and the guys they kind of like it come together and we've got this chemistry and this momentum and <clears throat> you know it's it's kind of like I don't want to ruffle the feathers by bringing the guys back I'm not saying we don't we need Keontae. but at the same time this team has really 
matured and formed some chemistry and momentum without Keontae. And I think if we win Saturday, we're going to be going out on the road with a lot of confidence. And there's a, a lot of amazing things that happened tonight. Verhoeven scoring 12 points with a big seven-footer and a front line that they had with their defensive rebounding is amazing. Also, our, our young man from uh, Las Cruces. Yeah, Satterfield. Didn't score, didn't score any. Yeah, Satterfield. He didn't really score tonight, but yet we were still having contributions equally around. I don't know. I just feel like there's some really good chemistry right now. And to me, I don't, I, I, I don't like the idea of ruffling the feathers by bringing in the other guys because the chemistry right now is really good. That's Interesting. Interesting point, Ed. Hey, appreciate the phone call, man. Thanks for tuning in and giving us a call on this. If you'd like to follow up Ed's call, our telephone number is 8805763. That's our telephone number. What do you think? Do you think that the UTEP uh, should not uh, mess with what they have right now? Interesting point that Ed brings up that uh, once Keontae Kennedy went out, it kind of forced everybody else to maybe grow up and come together. I would just say that I still, you still need Keontae at the at, uh mm-hmm. His highest yeah. level, yes. And and I think another thing is this team had just gone through a lot of adversity, not just with Keontae. I mean, other players were out. They had gone through so many different lineups. Mm-hmm. Now they've had continuity with guys playing um, you know, consecutive games, which is so significant for this yeah. team. You're not having guys trying to play their way back into shape or into condition. Um, they're, they're playing up to speed right now. And I think Jamal Biennemi is playing his best basketball of his, of his career. He's, I, don't, I don't ever think he's... Uh, played this well in terms of just being an overall player. I think he's you got to consider him as just one of the more elite guards in all of Conference USA and what he's been able to do. And I think that's when you talk about guys like Titus Verhoeven, guys like Jarrell Satterfield or other players having success, I think you also have to credit that success to Jamal Biennemi who simply makes guys better. That's that's what yeah. your point guard does. And I like how he plays off ball too. We saw it more in stretches tonight where either uh, Sule Boone would bring down the ball. You'd have yeah. Cam Clardy and stretches bring up the ball. Jamal Biennemi is playing off ball, and I think that helped him create and, and, and make his own shots. Yeah, guys are starting to find a, a you know a heavier responsibility without a Keontae Kennedy on the floor, and they're starting to own up to it within this recent stretch. Uh, you know, having won uh, five of the last six, but as far as uh, not bringing him back and you know ruffling the feathers, I just got to disagree with that heavily. You know, right before Keontae Kennedy went out, they had um the, you know they had won three out of four. They were on a three game win streak until they dropped one to. Brown. Bradley and uh, you know they they pretty much started off conference play without your your top player in Keontae Kennedy so I I don't think that is the case I think this team is going to be better with Keontae Kennedy and also this is a guy who's gone through the fire with them in the offseason also went through the fire with the guys last season so this is a guy who's earned his spot if he comes back into the lineup and some other guys have issues with it which is you know the ruffling the feather so to speak I I don't think that is the case at all man he's a guy who's earned his spot on this team and has earned uh, the right to literally play every Every single minute of the game, and we've seen him do that time and time again. Let's go back to Twitter. Great points there, Sal. This coming in from Pinky at Jaime Pinky in New Mexico. As a lifelong UTEP fan, you live and love to see a dub like this. And I was not there. Ah, Saturday, here we come. 
Let's go Miners and fans. Hashtag Miner Talk. Adrian at Enemy Win 3 tweets the show. This was by far their best win of the season. Hashtag Miner Talk. What do you think, Sal? Do you um, put this one above New Mexico? Do you put this one above Pacific? Right now, when we're talking about Ken Palm, uh, we, we like to reference this website oh, a lot Palm? for a, advanced analytics and basketball. Ken Palm ranks this win for the Miners. Here we go, Sal. Uh, New Mexico is 166 by Ken Palm. Uh, Florida Atlantic 143. According to Ken Palm, this is UTEP's best win of the season. You know, ranking-wise, I think so, but as far as momentum goes, I still got to go with uh, with Old Dominion. I, I think that is the one that really started things off. Uh, that's a great choice because that Old Dominion win, to not just uh, secure it in the final seconds as mm-hmm. they did, but to also get that win despite Old Dominion going on a 7-0 run to close out the final two minutes and still somehow pull off that victory in overtime. Yeah, yeah. All, all the credit to the Miners. Good point there, Sal. It, if you're able to do that on the road, that's a that's a significant thing. Yeah, and that's a really, really tough place to win at. I mean, just about every team in that area, if, um, if they don't have have an outstanding record it's a respectable record and it's going to be a tough place to play it i mean we're talking about the richmond spiders we're talking about um who, who else is there uh, virginia commonwealth you know to name a few and then you have old dominion right in the mix and all of those teams are rivals mind you they hate each other and you should just see some of the games uh between those teams out in the dmv i i just love that area when it comes to that gritty style of basketball that's really really not a uh, an easy place to win and old dominion as well since they've joined conference USA and even before them but since they've joined Conference USA they've been a, they, they've been a really really tough team to beat yeah I'm with you on that Sal I, I'd all, I would say that this is UTEP's best win I'm just going to stay that right now because I do think that where where they're at in the season I, I think they could pull off or at the point when they won against Old Dominion I thought they could pull off some of these road wins that could you know end up being upsets but right now Old Dominion on the year they're two and four in conference play seven and 12 overall so you might chalk that as one of those where UTEP should win those kinds of games but tonight against Florida Atlantic against a team who's leading the East Defense USA who's Mm -hmm. in that second tier of Conference USA men's basketball teams I I think that's just one of those where you tip your hat off to this team for pulling off a a very very close game and 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 you know hey the Owls are trying to come back and rally and win this one late in the stretch but the Miners maintained it and they held on so I'll say this was their best win simply because I did. I don't think we know what this team was back against New Mexico. I don't think we knew what this team was against Pacific. I think we start, we're starting to know what this team is right now. We're we're knowing yeah. that this is we're learning that this is a defensive minded team that loves to pride themselves on what they can do to try to create turnovers. They're not going to rebound the basketball that well. That they, they might have sh- shooting nights where they struggle, but they'll find the way to you know get the points up. Whether it be Sulay Boom, Jamal Bienemy, their other guards like Jarrell Satterfield. The Miners, I think, are finding themselves, and I think that's what we learned tonight is that we're, we're starting to learn way more about this team uh, than we knew a month ago. Yeah, for sure, and I think a big part of that has been the continuity in the lineup that they've had. You know, what was this, maybe the, the seventh straight game where they had the same starting five? Yeah, that's right. And and that is something that was pretty much unheard of when it came to this basketball team. But uh, yes. re- re- really quickly, Adrian, I just kind of want to touch back on the point where uh, that I made about uh, basketball teams from the DMV. This is from uh, March 
2021, saying uh, the DMV has eight teams in the N- in the men's NCAA tournament. And this is from uh, the Washingtonian.com. I'm a real moth to you. Are you ready? Okay. Georgetown. Okay. Maryland. Now those are the heavy hitters. University of Virginia, Virginia Tech. We all know those guys. How about Norfolk State? How about Liberty? Who's joining Conference USA? And how about Mount St. Mary's? You know, I don't wow. know if I mentioned Maryland already, but if I did, I, yes. you know, that that's a tough team already. But that that area is just basketball bred. So I, I still hold true to my point that win against Old Dominion, uh, the, the top win as far as momentum goes so far. But all of this is fun is all fine and dandy, but they still got to take on a Florida International on Saturday. And that's going to be another test. Yeah. Hey, they've got to beat the Panthers. That's exactly right. Uh, back to Twitter. It's UTEP Zay who tweets the show. Never forget. And it's bright. It's a photo of Bryson Williams clearly not stepping out of bounds uh, in that Florida Atlantic loss in the conference USA tournament. So, hey, thanks UTEP Zay for sending us that on Minor Talk. Uh, let's go back to Twitter. This is coming from Mr. E at Edward are eight five eight nine two five zero three nine and three here we come inside game go uh to go with the out hashtag minor magic hashtag minor strong uh this coming from steven adiola say what you want about this team but this utep men's basketball team has heart it starts at the top with coach joe golding what a difference a real coach can make hashtag minor ball hashtag minor talk hashtag picks up Taking a little shot there to uh, previous head coach Rodney Terry. Uh, hey, by the way, real quick, did you see that picture of Rodney Terry and Tim Floyd together? Uh, Do we no. talk about this? No, I didn't. Let no, I don't think we talked about you, it. You know what? Is this because uh, I know that Floyd was over there and he took a picture with uh, with Tristan Lacon. Yeah, that was, probably it. Yeah, that, so that was probably it. That was probably around same, the same time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this coming from Joe Chacon. UTEP men's basketball needs to. Uh, cut the throat when they get ahead and we don't have to worry about these types of game but it's sure nice to have the cards fall our way for a change plenty of haters out there especially the bookies hashtag repping from cali now hashtag brock is my og and then he sent us i guess um somebody who lost their money uh, as far as a bad beat, I guess, and somebody was super upset uh, who was getting in his mentions. That's that's pretty funny from Joe Chacon. If you'd like to weigh in on the show, 880-5763. That's our telephone number, 600 ESPN El Paso on Twitter. Uh, we'll get more into the game. Uh, we keep saying that, but we'll do that right after we take a timeout right now. Still ahead, our our awards here on the show. Uh, we've got our Hot Hand Award brought to you by Win Supply El Paso, along with our Keats Southwest Player of the Game. We'll get to those awards and more. Stay with us as we continue with Minor Talk, presented by the Oscar Arieta Agency, right here on 600 ESPN El Paso. Wind Supply El Paso is proud to team up with Champion Heating and Cooling to deliver the most unrivaled reliability, energy efficiency, and superior comfort you can count on. Wind Supply El Paso is the official distributor of Champion Heating and Cooling equipment for your home or business. If you own a home building or HVAC company, you need a reliable AC and furnace supply store. For more information on Champion equipment and an authorized dealer, contact us at 915-859-3817 and online at windsupplyelpaso.com. 
UTEPBasketball.com. Words like history and tradition are used to describe the UTEP basketball team. With roots in El Paso, the Oscar Addy at the Agency is built on these principles too. At the Oscar Addy at the Agency, we are proud El Pasoans. With a trusted history for over 24 years in our community, trust us for your home, auto, or life insurance needs. Request a free proposal today at OscarAddy at the Agency.com. Seven locations across El Paso from the west side to Fabens. The official insurance agent of the UTEP Miners. Go Miners! This is Steve Kaplowitz, and 600 ESPN El Paso has a great way for you to enjoy sports talk on demand. Download our show by subscribing to the free 600 ESPN El Paso podcasts on your Apple or Google Play device. After that, you can enjoy the best of sports talk each day, delivered commercial-free to your phone or tablet. That's right, all the best calls, interviews, and insight with the touch of a button, so you never miss a moment. 600 ESPN El Paso podcasts. Hi, I'm Matt Keats, president of Keats Southwest. Since 1994, we have manufactured hundreds of metal components that people use in their everyday lives. Catheters are commonly used by millions of people. In fact, we produce 30 million catheter clips each year that are sent to hospitals all over the world. In addition, we deliver the best precision metal components for businesses throughout the world, all made here in El Paso. Learn more about Keats Southwest at KeatsSW.com. Download the 600 ESPN El Paso mobile app now. Get all the latest in UTEP sports, UTEP athletic interviews, ESPN programming, and more. Touchdown! It's free, thanks to United Bank. All right, welcome back. Minor Talk is live. He's Sal Montes. I'm Adrian Bradis. We're presented by the Oscar Adietta Agency. Let's go back to the phones right now. Welcome on Kevin on the show. Sleepy Kev 5, who's joining us uh, as his Twitter handle. UTEP defeats Florida Atlantic 70-68 to off a tip-in. And uh, Alfred Hollins is the man who uh, did it for the Miners. Kevin, what would you think of this one? What an exciting win for the Miners. Oh, my gosh, man. I haven't been that excited at a UTEP basketball game since God knows when. I have to probably take it back to, like, I don't know if you guys remember Chris Craig back when he used to play back yes. in the day. Yes, we do. So many three-pointers, man. He was a legend on the court, man. I think the last time I saw a buzzer beater with UTEP was him against Fresno State, man, one of our old whack rivals. And, man, the whole Don Haskins Center was alive, you know, pre-COVID and stuff. And it was a, it was a good atmosphere tonight. You know, there wasn't – I felt like it was a good crowd. There definitely could be more this Saturday. But, man, what a win. What a win. But, um one thing I want to comment on is just how much this team is developing as the season goes on. You know, yeah. like at the beginning of the year, I'm not going to lie. I was like, I was looking at this team. I'm like, oh my gosh, they're so out of place. You know, I was very impatient. I was like, man, like they got to start performing right now. But I think Golding has found his lineup. You know, I think he's found like his daily rotation and whatnot. Um, so the question wait, 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 let me stop you, you there, guys. Kevin, real quick, real quick. Do you like that crunch time lineup? Do you like the crunch time lineup that they ran with Sule Boom, Titus Verhoeven? They had uh, they had Jamal Bienemy out there, uh, split between Christian Agnew, Jarrell Satterfield. They went with uh, Jarrell Satterfield at the end, and then Alfred Hollins. Do you like that mix in that lineup to close out games? I definitely do, man. It was uh, probably not the the lineup I would would tell you. You know, game one. You know, I. I I definitely thought it was like a way different lineup going into the season, but no, I like it a lot. Goldie made some adjustments at halftime. And I was just like, man, I was starting to lose faith at halftime a little bit. I was like, Oh no, here we go again. They lost the big lead, you know, but 
Crazy yeah. game, great atmosphere, good win for this team. The question I have for you guys, though, looking at this game and moving forward, you know, we still got a couple of tough games. We still got UAB at home. We still got to play Middle Tennessee as well. Do you think this team has what it takes to win the Conference USA title? Ah, okay, okay. I like it, Kev. Hey, appreciate the phone call, man. We'll answer your question off air uh, as as we continue here on Minor Talk. Appreciate Kevin uh, joining us here on Minor Talk as well. Sal, what do you think? I, I mean, best case scenario. Let's let's talk about this because uh, if they have full complement of Keontae Kennedy, Jamal Bienemy, Sule Boom, are they built to win the Conference USA uh, championship with the tournament? I'm going to go ahead and say no, but I will say this. When you're talking about UAB, North Texas, and La Tech being the best teams, quote-unquote, in conference play, mm-hmm. I look at those teams and I think the minors stand a puncher's chance against all of those teams right there. I, I think it's within reach if, if they can play the perfect game. Um, but but when we talk about those teams right there, they're the top dogs of Conference USA, without a doubt. I mean, we've seen Louisiana Tech play ugly and still have a have a favorable chance against the Miners. Uh, we still have yet to see what uh, what UTEP can do against uh, against North Texas, of course. And you know, kind of just just looking down the, down the stretch, we look at UAB, and that's a team that not only this season is is, is an extremely tough opponent, but just about every year that they've been in Conference USA, they've been uh, you know they've been taking it to whoever whoever it is that they go up against and i'm just gonna throw out a name let's see if guys remember that i don't know if you all remember robert vaden okay that, okay that, that you know that's a, that's a blast from the past when it comes to uab they were still top dogs when when he was on the squad as well so i mean we're, we're talking about teams that are are legitimate legitimate threats to not only win conference usa adrian but even win a game or two in, in the ncaa tournament should they get there so i, I think it's a stretch to say that but if we're being if we're being you know I guess a statistical. I guess there's there's a percentage. It's just a matter of how well are they playing when they go up against them. I'm going to say no, but maybe they're a year away. I think maybe next year they they stand a chance to be in that mix well, to try to win the tournament. Yeah. And I also think it's up in the air because I'm saying this now. North Texas was the same team who came in last year as a what a four seed. I, I don't know what they were. They were not a top you know three seed for uh-huh. sure. Uh, and they ended up pulling off that um, conference USA tournament win on their end, and they turned around and won. A game in the NCAA tournament, so they yeah. weren't favored to win Conference USA last year. Maybe the Miners can take some of that momentum, like North Texas had, and try to pull something crazy off this year. I think it's it's way too early to say anything about this mm-hmm. yet. Let's see how they do in February. Let's see how they do in March. But it's an interesting mm-hmm. question. Well, well, here's another thing too. The reason why those teams are are you know near the top of the conference is because when, when they're taking on an opponent who is inferior, and I know this kind of sounds bad to say, but when they know they are the absolute better team. They they don't even give the opposition a chance. They they just you know put them down early and keep their foot on their throats pretty much the rest of the game. So I think that is the difference between a team who can be something and a team who's already you know on that on that ride you know going up that hill to be those top dogs in the league. So UTEP still has a ways to go for sure. Last thing I want to say on this: UTEP has not won a conference tournament game since 2017 so it's been a while uh let's go back to the phones uh let's welcome on here on the show 8805763 here on the show 600 espn el paso on twitter let's bring on keith he's joining us out in winnipeg again keith has become a regular here on minor talk and appreciate his phone call all the way out from winnipeg uh keith what's going on my man hey what a great game it was a fantastic game start um you know this, this they got they got to a great start today uh, you know, yep. they, they gave up the lead. It's not the end of the world. I mean, 
Conte, hey, like when you're in a conference tournaments or in March Madness, it's it's very common that there's 10, 12 point leads that go away. It's it's impressive though that they stuck with it and they didn't collapse, especially being down. Like there's one thing getting off that great start and then blowing the lead, but also going to halftime down by two. I wasn't sure how they were going to respond, and then before you know it, I mean they got the lead. And Bienemy Boom, credit to them, they played great. Last time I spoke to you, I was impressed with Satterfield. I mean, I was telling you guys how great this guy is going to be. He is going to be great. He wasn't great today. He, had, he didn't even score a point. Not the end of the world, though. But following off the last guy, what he says, is this, is this a championship-caliber team? This is a championship team. They will win. They will win the conference championship if they shoot the average and the, their opponent does not shoot their average. They have the, they, they have the top three, four guys that can do it. But look what happened last week. Uh, the last uh, two games against um, San Antonio, it was it was somebody else that was leading. Now that's not a big deal. But what about the what about the the, the depth scoring? If you want to have four guys scoring 10, 12 points, that's fa- that, that's fantastic. But when you have a different player getting twenty points every single game, and there's you know the the, the depth is only scoring three, four points, that ain't gonna cut it. Now, credit to the center today. We don't really have a center, and that's something I actually wanted to talk about today is what do you guys, what have you guys been hearing about um, the, 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 the progress of uh, you know, Coach Golding's offense regarding the center? Because Barrow Hoovin is really a, you know, a power forward. Credit to him, he was fantastic today. Uh, he shot above his average. But I just still believe that we're missing that big, big center that can rebound. I mean, credit to our opponents tonight. Their center, yeah, he was fantastic today. Um, and credit to Verhoeven, he played great today. But I just think that that's one key element missing in the Conference USA tournament, especially because that's how we're going to get into the March Madness tournament, is a center. Uh, I'll, leave it, I'll leave it to you guys. Have a great evening, and um, go Miners. Hey, great job, Keith. Appreciate your phone call, man. Uh, we really appreciate your thoughts all the way out there from Winnipeg. Uh, I'll talk about depth and scoring, balance and scoring that he mentioned, but first I want to talk about the obvious, which was what he mentioned right there. Need a big man. We've talked about it all year. Yeah, they do. They, they need somebody down low who's going to get all those rebounds for them. I thought Titus Verhoeven did a really nice job protecting the paint tonight. Uh, he just wasn't getting the rebounds. He, he kind of has this thing where he tips balls either back uh, to try to get somebody else yeah. to get that rebound or whatever it might be. Uh, oh, man. It, it, you know, I, I just think for Titus Verhoeven, he's a paint uh, disruptor on the defensive side, and he did what he needed to uh, for the Miners to try to get that win. I thought he was a, a real important factor, and he did have some errors in this game, but, you know, I, I believed that he had more positives than negatives. Yeah, for sure. And, and when you look at tonight, this is a game where he still, uh, you know, cashes in double-digit scoring. I think that's huge, especially when we're used to seeing him get around, you know, maybe five, six, you know, hovering around that range. But the most important thing, I think, for Titus tonight, aside from the 12 points, is he was able to get 31 minutes. You know, when's the last time? Uh, it probably wasn't too long ago, but how often can we say? I think that's a better way to phrase it. How often can we say Titus got to well, play it's because, let's preface it. minutes? Yeah, let's preface it because he's been hurt. I mean, he, yeah. he's had that back injury that's hurt him. So the fact that he's starting to play those extended minutes is so 
significant. Just like you're saying, Sal, you're exactly uh-huh. right on that. Um, I, I like what Keith also mentioned about depth and scoring and kind of like that balance in scoring because, yeah, he's right. I mean, Sibley has nothing tonight, doesn't score a single point, but you get uh, scoring efforts from Sule Boom, who nearly had 30, Jamal Bienemy had 16, Verhoeven had 12, uh, and then Agnew had 7. You get balance in scoring from other guys. That's exactly mm-hmm. what this team needs. Now, I, I want to bring up something with Jarrell and uh, Jarrell Satterfield. I think we might see down the stretch in the rest of the year, uh, if a team keys on Jarrell Satterfield, they'll roll with uh, Christian Agnew. And I think that's the right move. I, I feel like once um, once Jarrell Satterfield is blanketed the way he was tonight, FAU would not let him get a shot off, not let him even get the pass. They were denying passes to him. Uh, now you have Christian Agnew. It opens up an opportunity for him to come play. Yeah. He's one of your best perimeter defenders, although sometimes he fouls in kind of ticky-tack situations. But Agnew's a guy who can get you rebounds. He's going to facilitate, and he's going to get points. That's what you need with Agnew. Well, he fits the uh, the Joe Golding system to a T. You know, guy who's going to be aggressive on defense. He's going to rush down the court in a, in a transition opportunity, and uh, he's going to be aggressive pretty much from start to finish. There's, it, there's no there's no gears with him. It's an on or an off switch. You know, it's a hundred miles with per you, hour, yeah. or it's nothing at all. And I think that's something that is uh, is contagious. You know, when everything's rolling properly. It can be amazing, and we're really starting to see him, you know, fine tune that that level of that high intensity type of play with uh, Christian Agnew. So I love it. And as far as uh, Jarrell Satterfield goes, although he didn't have any shots go in tonight, didn't put up a lot of them either. And uh, you know, try to try to find that rhythm and really, you know, take away shots from anybody else. I mean, 27 minutes, only two shots up with none in. But this is a guy who still is a uh, five when it comes to the plus minus. A guy who gets two boards. A guy who also gets an assist uh, to his credit. So he's still finding some ways to be out there and you know have some form of an impact. But more importantly, though, if guys are keying in on him, that's opening up opportunities for other guys on the floor, too. No doubt, Sal. Let's uh, let's go back to uh, Twitter real quick. 600 ESPN El Paso on Twitter. You can also give us a call, 880-5763. That's the telephone number to weigh in on the show. Steve on Wrestler tweets us, this team is learning how to win. This is what happens when you finally replace the Bear with a coach who has won an NCAA tournament game before coming to El Paso. Hashtag Minor Talk. Great tweet there. By Steve on Wrestler. This one coming from Joe Chacon. Uh, Coach Joe Golding needs to get needs to be heard. His preach doesn't change. Trust the system. He will fix what needs to be fixed. Free throw attempts, rebounding, etc. Hashtag fill the dawn. Hashtag March Madness. Hashtag yuck, yes, I said it. Oh, man, he's so funny. Uh, <laughs> Kingsley Onyema, uh, Zarek Onyema's pops. He tweets the show. This is a huge win for the Miners. It's all about energy, energy, and believing your teammates and coaches. They will get a lot better when Keontae Kennedy returns. Don't sleep on this UTEP men's basketball team. Go Miners, hashtag believe. That's coming from Kingsley Onyema, uh, the father of Zarek Onyema uh, here on Miner Talk. Sal, let's talk about some individual yeah. performances from some of these players tonight. Kevin Kalu, uh, Kevin Kalu, excuse me, I keep messing up his pronunciation. Uh, Kevin Kalu, uh, he's in the doghouse, plays nine minutes mm-hmm. off the bench, has one steal defensively, but just uh, struggled in this one. He couldn't get off ball screens like he's had in, in, yeah. in uh, months past. And um, with Kevin Kalu, 
Kalu, for him, it, it, he hasn't really gotten better since he had a nice stretch. Uh, but I think now the book is out on him. I think it's just up to him. It's a mental game. It's trying to overcome the adversity. And now that Zarek Onyema has taken the minutes from him, uh, Kevin Kalu's really got to show his worth when it comes to you know front court play and trying to relieve some minutes from Titus Verhoeven. And you know what? Although we uh, we were really hiring him to start the season, I still think this is a good thing because this is showing that uh, they're not just relying on one or two guys to get it done in the paint. You know? Exactly. Yeah. And he uh, he also yeah. still has the upside. I, I believe exactly. in his upside. Yeah, the, the upside is still there, but also, too, going into this game, Coach Golding really, really stressed the importance of defending the ball screens. That that was one of the keys uh, to, to the victory tonight, I think. FAU did, did a respectable job, but when the Miners are able to hold a team who, who wants to shoot the three, you know, night in and night out. Miners matched them when it came to the attempts and was one better by making eight out of 17, FAU seven of 17. So Miners win that battle right there. But I think it was pretty much just a, just a matchup and, a, you know, scheme kind of thing. He didn't really fit tonight. There's going to be games where, you know, Kalu will get to play some some more minutes and, you know, be a little bit more effective. But it just wasn't in there for him tonight. 880-5763. That's our telephone number to weigh in. 600 ESPN El Paso on Twitter. 600 ESPN El Paso on Twitter. Want to talk about one more other guy. Alfred Hollins on the year right now. He's averaging four points, three rebounds, no assists, and shooting about 40% uh, from the floor. And uh, for somebody like Alfred Hollins, he is he is somebody uh, that has experience playing at the Power 5 level with Oregon State. This year, he's kind of putting up the similar numbers as he's had his entire career. He's always been somebody who scored about five points um, you know, in, in games. And I, I'm not saying that he's going to be uh, the be-all, end-all for the minors off the bench. But I think what you're learning from Alfred Alfred Hollins is he's a really he, he's a knowledgeable guy high IQ forward that yeah. the miners can use off the bench uh, and you know what tonight maybe he can use this momentum to propel him moving forward I like his game I think he brings a lot offensively let's see what else he could do with this team moving forward with Alfred Hollins yeah you know what I, I think with Hollins too another thing is that being that he's so uh, so experienced in the game and has so much knowledge uh, when it comes to this level of play it goes far beyond just making shots and, and, you know, playing defense. With this guy, it's about being in the right place at the right time, and, and tonight was a prime example of that. Yeah, most definitely. Back to the phones right now. Let's bring on Art the Miner. He's joining us next on the program, eight eight zero five seven six three. What's happening, Art? What would you think of this one? Um, it was a great game. I was at the game. Um, I was sitting in the student section. But Sweet. Like, when are the bandwagons going to jump on the boat right now? We're on a four-game win streak. <laughs> We're getting the 50-50 balls with that one that they put away right there. It was great. It's nothing better to fill, but he's working with what he got. Now imagine his recruits. Yes, we talk about we need a big man, but imagine his recruiting. He could coach. Golding is a coach, man. He's winning with what he's got, and we're here to win. When are the fans going to come in and defend the Don? Good question. Good question, Art, because tonight there were only 4,458 fans. I mean, that's not a great turnout for one of the biggest games in conference play thus far. This is the leading, this was the first place team in the Conference USA East Division with the Miners winning three straight going into tonight. I, I don't know what more you want if you're a UTEP fan. I get it. It's a Thursday night, maybe a school night for some parents. So I, those get the pass. But for other minor fans who have the ability to come, I, where were they tonight? This was a. Exactly. Yeah, it, it, there weren't a lot of people. Ticket. Come on, minor fans. Come into the dawn. Let's defend the dawn. 
I hear you, Art. Hey, uh, Art, real quick, um, what do you think? What do you think moving forward about this team? Are, are you pretty high on this team? Do you think where do you think they'll finish off in this uh, when, when it's all said and done? Hey, we got to get Saturday win, and then we move on for their game to game. That's what we got to do. Go Miners! Oh, that sounds like Oscar Adietta right there. Uh, great job there, Art. Appreciate the phone call. 880-5763. That's our telephone number. 600 ESPN El Paso on Twitter. At 600 ESPN El Paso on Twitter. Yeah, that did sound like uh, our good friend Oscar Adietta, oh, eight, uh, who is the title sponsor here on Minor Tuck. Yeah, I mean that was a good stuff. Yeah, I like you're it. In, you're in good hands with Art, that's for sure. <laughs> um, <laughs> l- let's uh, let's keep it rolling. UTEP again beats Florida Atlantic. If you'd like to give us a call, eight eight zero five seven six three. That now is the time to do it. Titus Verhoeven, twelve point six of eight shooting tonight. Uh, people are still, you know, not I guess not satisfied with his play, but he had five rebounds and four assists in thirty one minutes of action. You talked about the minutes, but I loved his defensive game. Four steals, Sal, uh, to lead the mind. And it seems like when it comes to big games, when Titus Verhoeven is tasked uh, to do a lot inside the paint, he'll give you more good than bad, if that makes any sense. He really reminds me of Paul Thomas, like in the utmost way. I think he's that kind of leader. I think um, Titus Verhoeven really stepped up tonight and to score like he did against a seven foot one uh, big in Golden on Florida Atlantic. I thought that was pretty you know, respectable right there. That's noteworthy. Yeah, you got to play big when the team needs you to. And for him to be on the floor, you know, we we talked about this earlier, but that's been a challenge, uh, you know, pretty much all season. But to stay on the floor and develop a groove, you know, play big, get those rebounds, disrupt passing lanes. That's what this team really, really needs right now, because we know that they can play the defense. We know that they're going to be quick in transition. We know that, um, you know, other portions of the game are starting to come together. But rebounding and playing big is really what's hurt this team all season. And to see Titus Verhoeven, you know, get get 12 points, which has also been a challenge on the offensive aspect and, and him getting four steals in the process. This was this was huge because he was able to affect the game more so than just uh, than just being a man in the paint. He's starting to come to form and the minors need a big man to rely on, uh, you know, at the end of the day when, when these games are going to be a lot closer and the buckets are harder to get. I'm with you on that, Sal, completely. Uh, with uh, with the two others in Sule Boom, um, you know, Jamal Bienemy, just love what they do in the backcourt. And, and more than that, just love their leadership. They've been real good in huddles now that I get to see it, you know, sitting behind the bench. You can just hear them. Their their, their leadership is, uh, is just there for this team. They're veteran players and that's what you want from your two guards. Uh, two of the more elite guards in all of Conference USA, say what you will, but those are the guys when it comes to being veteran players who've been there uh, for a while. I love Sule's answer after uh, the win when somebody asked him, hey, is this one of your best wins of your career? He's played a lot of games. That's what his answer was. He played a lot of games. It's, it's in the top three maybe, you know. But, uh, yeah, I mean, for somebody like Sule Boom and uh, Jamal Bienemy, you've played a lot of games in UTEP uniforms. Uh, yeah, th- this is uh, just another game for them. So uh, credit to those guys for giving UTEP uh, a lot tonight. Uh, Sal, I think we, I think we're t- it's time for some awards, and then we'll look ahead to uh, Florida International. Let's start off with our hot hand award, Sal. Uh, this was a tough one because you could look at Jamal Bienemy and how he was able to be a, a strong facilitator uh, throughout his uh, performance tonight. But who do, who are we giving our hot hand award for tonight? Uh, 
for the Hot Hand Award, I think uh, we got to go with the man who uh, finished it off nicely, and that is going to be Alfred Hollins. Nice. That's awesome. And we even have a highlight for this one. Yeah, we, let th- me load that up. That's even better. But while you load that up, I'm going to give a big shout-out to Wind Supply El Paso, who brings us our Hot Hand of the Game Award after every UTEP basketball game. You can keep everyone warm, comfortable, and toasty with the new champion furnace from Wind Supply El Paso. Wind Supply El Paso is the official supplier of champion heating and cooling products to locate your nearest champion dealer, visit the Find a Dealer tab at windsupplyelpaso.com. It's into Biennemi, eight seconds left. Biennemi with six crosses over. Biennemi's still well out front, comes left side. He's got a three left to the top of the circle, and he missed it. It's it's tipped in by Hollins! Tipped in by Hollins at the buzzer! Tipped in by Hollins at the buzzer! You almost have to watch the video, right, Sal? Because Tice oh, yeah. is like literally having to hold back some guys from hitting <laughs> any of the Comrex equipment uh, for the broadcasting unit, and uh, the guys are like swarming near the the PA table and and near the broadcast booth uh, table, and um, everybody is like swarming each uh, Alfred Hollins after yeah. that uh, tip in, and Alfred Hollins winning our Hot Hand of the Game award. Um, yeah, a great performance by him, and for being at the right spot at the right time, uh, a fitting fitting recognition for the Oregon State transfer. Now let's get to our player of the game. This is brought to you by Keith Southwest. Uh, it goes to Sule Boom. What a comeback for him tonight. 10 of 18, a very efficient night for him. 28 points, and in this game, he had one steal in 40 minutes of action. Sal, uh, a really well-rounded game from UTEP's leader in Sule Boom, or one of UTEP's leader in Sule Boom. Yeah, big time. I mean, he's been stepping it up on the defensive side over the stretch. I know offensively there's been a lot more inefficient nights than efficient ones, but tonight totally reversed that. I mean, going 5 for 8 from beyond the arc, uh, being smart with his shots, selection as well only get into the line three times but I mean Miners only got to the line seven total and he had the most trips with three so what does that tell you right but exactly uh, uh, but I mean this is a guy who's starting to to take smarter shots but also um, open things up for his teammates as well you know making the right pass when need be and uh, just being you know being there for his teammates to to lead them you know when when things are starting to go haywire you know he's a guy who's vocal he's starting to you know, command a lot more. I don't want to say command respect from his teammates because they do respect him, but you could just tell that that demand for um, for urgency is there when it comes to Sule Boom, and that's what I think has really been missing. But for me, though, Adrian, five for eight from beyond the arc, a really, really efficient night. And uh, just think about where the team would have been had he not been five for eight from beyond the arc. Man, I you mean, know? seriously. They, they, they've needed that in a lot of games, and, you know, he's starting, starting to shut some people up. Yeah, I like it with Sule Boom, who's uh, one of the team's leader, and that's uh, the player of the game tonight, presented by Keats Southwest. Keats Southwest delivers the best precision metal components for businesses throughout the world, all made here in El Paso. From prototype to manufacturing 50 million pieces, Keats Southwest is a trusted partner worldwide for aerospace, automotive, appliance, electronics, military, medical, and many more companies throughout the world. Learn more about Keats Southwest today at KeatsSouthwest.com. 
Time to turn the page. Look over to Florida International. They come to the Haskins Center on Saturday. Tip-off is set for 7 o'clock. We'll have the coverage for you. Countdown to tip-off show begins at 6.30 right here on 600 ESPN El Paso. And in this game, it should be an interesting one. UTSA defeated Florida International tonight 73-66. to Oh, a tough loss for the Panthers tonight after they beat Marshall and Western Kentucky last week in back-to-back outings. After this one, the the uh, Panthers will now have to travel to El Paso to try to take on the Miners and split their series. But Sal, when you yeah. lose to UTSA, who is who coming into tonight was zero and seven conference play. Yeah, it's going to be tough to dig yourself out of that rut and uh, and beat the Miners. Just from an objective point of view, this is yeah. one that the Miners should win. I mean, on paper, I. I agree. And then also when you look at the ESPN matchup predictor, UTEP favored a 76.5% where FIU was 23.5. But in reality, though, I mean, yeah, it's it's UTSA uh, who who got their first conference USA win, but the Miners struggled with them, too. True. Miners, yeah, good point. Miners won by five. and back Can't take any nights. of these games for granted. So that, that's a team that I think is starting to, you know, really find some identity. And um, it wasn't going to be an easy game by any stretch for FIU going up against UTSA. TSA, but still, though, the Miners got got a team who has had some success and tasted what being a good team is like earlier on. So it's going to be another fight for sure. Oh, it will be. And I guess you can't take any of these games and say, oh, it's a surefire win for the Miners. It's going to be a tough one either way. So uh, we'll we'll see on Saturday. But we'll have the countdown to tip off starting 630. Miner Talk will follow the broadcast here at 600 ESPN El Paso. And to close things out, the Miners have four wins in a row. They are now 12 and 8 overall. They are 5 and 3 in conference play. And uh, that will do it for us here on Minor Talk. If you missed any of Minor Talk, you can check us out on our podcast channel. Like, subscribe, give us a review on our Apple Podcasts, wherever you listen to podcasts. It really helps us out. So we really appreciate everybody listening into that. And uh, that'll do it for us. For Sal Montes, I'm Adrian Brada saying so long. And thank you so much for listening to Minor Talk, presented by the Oscar IDFA Agency, right here on 600 ESPN El Paso. been listening to Minor Talk, presented by the Oscar Adieta Agency. Pick up a clear bag at any one of their seven locations across El Paso. If you missed any of Minor Talk, listen to the show on demand by downloading Minor Talk wherever you get your podcasts. ESPN El Paso mobile app. 600 ESPN El Paso. He's KROD El Paso, a Town Square media station. Hey.